The following is a paid presentation on News Talk 580 CFRA. Welcome to Open House, the real estate and mortgage show on News Talk 580 CFRA. If you have any questions about mortgages or real estate, give us a call at 521-TALK. That's 521-8255 or text 580-580. With Frank Napolitano and Paul Rushforth, here is Steve Gregory. So far, spectacular Saturday. Yes, it's beautiful out. It's uh, supposed to be pouring rain, but it's not, so this is awesome. Yeah, I was going to call in, but the Queensway opened. Otherwise, I was just going to call in. Oh, that's so lazy. I like working from home. So lazy. I like working from home. What's wrong with that? Stop. <laughs> Stop. No, you know what? Uh, what happened? I, I was out of the city for three days this week, but wasn't the Queensway supposed to close? It yeah. was supposed to close, but because of all the rain, they changed it. Oh, okay. The is, that why they, or? is that why they changed it? Yeah. 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 Too that's... much rain. Good time to look for a place and see if the basements are good. Absolutely. I mean, if you, uh, I have a, we actually had a listing that hit that day. What, what day was that? Wednesday or Thursday? Thursday. Yeah. Thir- we had, we had a really nice high end listing that hit that day and we had a, cl- we had an agent in there with their client and I got a text with pictures saying, you may want to tell your seller to get home quick. Got a major leak in the roof, come right oh, through down. No. Oh yeah. And there, we just hit the market. Like, I think that was the first showing on it. So and this, this needless was a, to say it's off the market now? It's off the market right now, okay. but needless to say it's, it was a million plus home. Gorgeous, great shape. Uh, just unfortunate. Maybe it's the way the rain was coming in. But you know what? At least the seller now knows and can rectify the problem yeah. and fix it. Uh, and you know, and not hand it off to somebody else who then it happens to them. And then all of a sudden, now the seller's in a lawsuit because he didn't divulge that. So, what's a million plus home now? Two bedroom? <laughs> no, Ottawa, not Toronto, Ottawa. Well, you say that, but there was a really interesting article that came out this week. It was by um, it was by uh, Zucasa. And it was talking about Canadians earning medium income can afford to buy, like what you, what you can afford to buy across Canada. And interestingly enough, Ottawa has the highest medium, median income uh, in the whole country. And they're talking about, you know, what you can afford with that based on, you know, what is it usually four to five times your, your income. In Ottawa, the max affordability is 491000 where the average sale price is. 650,000. Wow. So, but there was most of the cities were like that. There was only a couple cities that were actually, you could actually afford to buy a home. So 491, does that mean the mortgage is at 491? Well, well, that would mean probably what they're approved for. You know, usually it's usually what, four to five times your income usually? Three to four now. Three to four. It used to be four to five when rates were reasonable. Now it's three to four. Some people it's three. Well, if they say the median. Which isn't a lot. If they say the median income is 106 and they're saying the max affordability is 491. So they're using four and a bit of of their their, um, income to be able to come up with that number. But when the average sale price is 652 or 650 in Ottawa, like, uh, I mean, they're. So we have a higher median income than they do in Toronto? Toronto is only. So we're, we're at 106. We are the only city that's over. $100,000 $100,000 for a median income. Toronto was at 85. So Toronto is so backwards and so underwater. I mean, when you look at Toronto, their medium in median income is 85,000 and their affordability means their affordability would be 395. <laughs> well, their average sale price is 1.2. So they're like way underwater trying to be able to afford a home. So you would need a double salary to get you to 170 and what would that get you? For 170, yeah. If you have income of 170 grand, depends on your debt load, but real and depends on your down payment, obviously. But well, it gets uh, you in Toronto, not much. Nothing in Toronto, you can't. 
probably not because in Toronto, the problem in Toronto is that anything you buy that's over a million dollars or up, you have to have 20% down. It's not insurable. So that's where the problem arises. I thought arises. they were going to change that. They're talking about changing it, but because of the circumstances, I don't think it's going to matter to change it now anyway because if if you're buying a house for $1.2 million with 5% down or 10% down, well, your income's got to be 250000 to qualify. Not many people are in that range. Wow. Well, when they talk about Ottawa being the – the, the affordability, max affordability, four hundred ninety-one thousand. We're not even talking a townhome. We're talking a small condo for four hundred ninety-one thousand. So it's just just reading through this article, just you know the way prices have gone, the way mortgages are, and the way I mean, I, incomes haven't gone up as fast as prices. That's for sure, right? I wonder and what the average income is for somebody in their say early mid twenties when you used to buy that first house. Probably not even. Probably can't even do it. I don't think they're. I don't think anyone in their early twenties is buying a house right now. It's just the unless uh, the parents help. Unless and, the parents you know, help, they've, they've yeah. had some. Uh, unless they're buying a small condo. Again, the condos are in the fours, right? So I, I mean, yeah. you know, if you've got a decent job in your twenties and you're buying a condo just to get your feet wet in home ownership, then I think you can do it. Yeah, yeah. It, I mean, you still want to get in, right? Because I do think the prices are still going to go up. I mean, by the end of this year, we're probably going to be down, which we haven't been down since like ninety one, ninety two. I think our average sale price will be down from where we ended last year. Now, I know predictions are it's going to be up. But in January, didn't we go down so, so Yeah, so we finished the year at the end of the end of December. Our average sale price was 691000 By the end of January, our average sale price was six twelve. But we've since gone up. Since, you know, now, now we look at our average sale price, we're six sixty two. But in order for us to be even, we have to get back up to that six ninety one where we ended the year. Well, you know, we're starting to get into our little bit more of our slow dry months, right? So it's, uh, you know, by the time we get to November, December, our, our average sale price is actually going down because it's it's the slow season. So we, I don't think we're going to get back up to 691. So we will have a down year on our average sale price this year, which is the first time we've been down uh, you since, know, the since the early 90s, you know. But, but, you know, keep in mind, it was bound to happen the way our prices. I mean, we peaked in March of last year at 739,000. Now we're at 662. However, we've talked about this at nauseum every week. That's 662. If we went through a normal market, we'd probably still be in the mid fours, not sixes. Yeah, we'd be looking at 10 years before we, we got up to Oh, that. 10 years minimum. Like, I would think we'd probably be looking at 15, 15 years before our average sale price actually got up to 662. And we did that in a year and a half. So I, I still think, even though, you know, Frank's, Frank has people coming in complaining about what the, where the rates are right now. Everyone's complaining about the rates. Everyone's complaining about the prices. I think we've done pretty good over the last two years. I think, you know, as long as you're in the market, as long as you're in the market, you know, and like I've said, I, you know, I do feel bad for the people that bought in Jan, Feb, March and April of 2022, but real estate's a long play. It's a long play. Unless you have to sell, you're doing just fine. Boy, those people better hope rates come down in the next five years. Well, I think rates are on their way down. I feel like they are, but again, we still got a couple of months. I think September 6th, I don't think Bank of Canada is going to move, but don't, I guess we what should be What do we have left shocked. for them to make a decision on? There's got to be at least a one CPI more report. CPI report right? coming out, probably another jobs report coming out prior to September 6th. So those will be big factors, especially the CPI report. I think they, if, they, if they raise the rates on the 6th, that'll be, a, that'll be tough. It's, it's already tough. Like, honestly, it's it already is tough. tough. Yeah. So, yeah. I, looked uh, at my, I looked at my commercial mortgage this morning. Eight point three percent. Yeah, don't look at it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just I used to watch it. So in commercials, at, at its best, when you got the mortgage, it was what three point eight five. Wow, <clears throat> three point eight five before they started raising the rates, and I was I was great. I mean, I my Canada building was paying for itself. My Orleans building was great. 
Now? Oof. Is there let me let me just tell you, Paul. It's a long term investment. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, to be honest with you, I overpaid for both my buildings, and I knew I was overpaying, and I wanted that location, so that's why I overpaid. So, but I also knew the length I was going to hold that investment, it was going to be a great investment, and probably within three years, I was already like, "What a great investment!" My my. Yeah, my, you're ahead of the game now. I'm right? way ahead of the game now. But when I bought it, I mean, it was. I was like, whoa, I way overpaid for that. But I wanted the location. Now nobody uses it. No, now it's <laughs> now it's pretty much empty. Yeah. Well, my Canada office my Canada office is, is is thriving. My Orleans office is is quite sparse, put it that way. Yeah. There's usually about four of us in that in that office and I have forty five hundred square feet in Orleans. So <laughs> we get about four people in it. Wow. So anyways, throw a bowling ball down the down the alleyway and it wouldn't hit anyone. So are you anticipating anything getting busier in the next month or two, or are we like in it's, the real we, doldrums right now? It, it all depends on what happens on September 6th. If if they raise the rates, I think it's going to be an extremely quiet fall and winter. If they keep the rates the same, if not lower them, which they, I don't think they're going to lower them, but if they keep them the same, I think the optimism will increase. I think people will get back to purchasing properties. Uh, if, you, if you can stomach the rates now, you're going to be able to stomach them after the 6th. If they raise those rates, though, Ooh, it's going to be quiet. Very, very quiet. It's already tough. It is tough. You want. Even, yeah. even without an increase or staying the same, it's it's already tough enough. And listen, we're in the lull of, of our year. Generally speaking, people are now f- getting their summer vacations out of the way. First two weeks of September is all about setting up for school and getting normal back and routines back. So generally speaking in our industry, it's it's quiet between now and the middle of September anyway. Are you busy, Greg? Not really? Everybody's busy right now. Yeah, yeah, I mean, we're we're, we're still listing a a good number of houses. Yeah. Um, I and and I think the sellers are are pretty realistic about the about the season and the and the time that it is right now. And and understanding that, like you talked about last week, like the days on market are getting a little longer. You know, as we're going through this. But yeah, typically this is definitely a quieter time of the year. That being said, I. I just had the busiest July I've ever worked photographing houses. So, which, so again, back to the predictions, who knows? Yeah. And and that's coming from someone who used to work for how many other agents used to do shoot for? We had about 300. 300 agents in the city that they would be, they would be shooting for his own company. Now he's just shooting for us and he's had his busiest July. So where does Paul rank in the 300? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, always number one. (laughs) Now, speaking of Greg and taking pictures, we are mid-August. Yep. If you're planning on listing in November, December, is it worth getting Greg in now to take those pretty pictures for the summer? Because right now your you're, house looks the best it's going to look. You're throwing that at me because you know I made this mistake myself, right? No, no, I was. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, you definitely want to get us through the door now. Uh, you know, we probably have another month and a half, two months before the, you know, grass starts going a little right bit brown. Now the flowers are perfect. It's the perfect. The shrubs are perfect. Yeah, it's perfect. So if you have any inclination that you're planning on listing in November, December, January, or February, even October, to be honest with you, get us through the door now. Greg will come take all the, even if your interior is not ready, Greg will still come and take all the exterior photos, yeah. do videos. Uh, I mean, if, if it permits, do a drone shot. Uh, it all depends on where your house is, but you do it now, you know, while your furniture's still out. So I wouldn't, you know, call us in November, December. If you know you're listing now, get us in the door now. While your pool's still open, yeah. and, you know. Well, you know, so it doesn't have to be photoshopped, you mean, to make it look like the covers off? So that's how I, I knew this was going to come back on me because <laughs> I talk about it all the time. And then I was the idiot who put away all my furniture and then decided I wanted to list my house. So I put all my furniture back out. Greg had to come. The, the in-ground spa in the backyard was like, 
dirty and brown. He made it look like it was throffing. And you then, know, you should really listen to this show. I really should. I should listen to myself, shouldn't <laughs> so, I? So, Greg, w- besides standing around and just watching you do everything but taking credit for taking everything out, what else did he do? <laughs> <laughs> no, he, uh, other than that, he was pretty ready for uh, for the interior pictures. He was he was good to go. Yeah. It's just mm-hmm. we just had a couple little touch ups on the outside. <laughs> that's good. But that's why now would be the perfect time. It's ideal. It's ideal time because now is when all the gardens are blooming. Now is when the grass looks. The and grass. you know what? Even now, if you're not sure you're going to be selling, you never know what the market's going to do. You yeah. may run into, run into some hard times in the next few months and go. I, I didn't plan on this, but yep. I got to sell. Yep. Might as well be ready. Well, there's a lot of people now who have bought new builds that are closing in March, April, May, June of next year. So you're most likely going to hit the market in mid-January. So if you know that's your case, get us through the door so Greg can make it look great. Now, we will still take pictures of the exterior with the snow because yeah. we want to make it look like it's been listed at the right time. But at the end of all the pictures, Greg will have all the summer pictures in there as well so people could see what it looks like in the summer. And a lot of people also leave out some sort of flyer or some sort of um, f- like a photo feature album sheet. or feature, feature sheet or something like that with those summer pictures so people get to see what it looks like. And if you have a beautiful yard, that's imperative. You know, I mean, if you just have a normal yard, maybe not. But if you have a beautiful yard with a pool and landscaping and, and gardens and all that, get us through now because you're going to want to showcase that. That's super important. Mm. Luckily, you don't have to worry, Frank, because all that concrete looks the same. Does look the same. <laughs> Greg, have you ever shot many homes with two kitchens and still have plastic on the furniture like Frank has? Many. <laughs> and they sell fast. Yes. <laughs> 521 Doc, 521-8255. We'll be right back. We return to Open House, the real estate and mortgage show on News Talk 580 CFRA. Back with Paul Rushworth and Frank Napolitano. Dare I ask about rates? I don't think they changed much this week, did they? You know what? We were going in the right direction. Bond market went through a three-day period where bond, the bond yields were coming down, and then on Friday happens, and the bond yields spike right back up. So with a little hope that rates, you know, some of the lenders would start to drop rates a little bit, right back to where we started the week. So uh, every day is a roller coaster with the bond yields. I've never experienced anything like this where... Uh, you know, generally speaking, you can see the trend and, and it just goes gradually one way or the other. Where today, these days, what we see is we say the morning with it drop and then the afternoon it goes back up. And it's this roller coaster that we've never experienced. So even the experts, the economists, have no idea what's going on some days. Are they quick to change rates when that happens? Oh, wow. They're quick to change when they go up. They're not as quick to change when they go down. But uh, the spreads are very, very healthy for the lenders right now, and they're keeping it that way because they understand that delinquencies are probably going to start to rise. Lots of stories out there, and I read one this morning in the Toronto Star where a gentleman bought his condo, thought it was a good idea to take a variable rate mortgage because his bank convinced him it was the best way to go. And the truth is the bank wasn't wrong at the time. You know, a lot of people thought it was the best way to go. You got the Bank of Canada that's saying that they're going to keep rates low for a long time. So it wasn't a bad move to take a... He ended up with a prime minus 1.05, and at the time, the prime was a 2.45, so 1.4. He thought that was a great idea. And uh, so anyway, so he's got one of those static payments. So his payments have stayed the same, which he's happy with because he goes, if my payment had gone up, I wouldn't be able to afford the condo. But now he gets a statement, and it doesn't even have years left on it because, unfortunately for the bank, once they hit 50 years, anything above 50 years, it, it transforms to infinity. 
So his amortization amortization right now is infinity. So, um, you know, that's some of the changes that I uh, think we're going to see. They can't keep it that way, though. No, they can't. Renewal time is when it's going to get tricky because at renewal time, what happens is your mortgage renewal comes in with the original amortization that's remaining. So if you started with the 25-year, now you're going to be down to 20 years. So you're going to get a renewal with a 20-year amortization. But if you've only been making it, in his case, he says, not only – I'm not even covering the interest payments right now. So it, it, it's kind of crazy what's going on. But he can't afford to increase the payments either. So he's got to make a decision where uh, hope that the interest rates are low by the time that, that we get to renewal time and then hope that there's some changes in the way the rules are so that he doesn't get a renewal with the 20-year amortization piece, his payment will probably double, and if not, maybe go as high as triple, and then at that point, he can't afford it. So what should people be looking out for at this point if they're renewing in the next year, two, three years? Well, common sense would say that, you know, people should have enough money to be able to, um, you know, set that money aside or at least be in a position where they can increase their payments when the renewal comes. But the problem is that with cost of everything being so expensive, people are struggling. And and listen, there's people out there that are taking second jobs just to make ends meet. So, you know, for all the rosy pictures that we hear from our government from day to day and how Canadians are, you know, not hurting and they're giving all these rebates, but it's really money they're taking from us first and giving back a portion of it afterwards. So uh, most Canadians are disappointed. Again, if you've owned the home, <clears throat> excuse me, if you've owned the home, like Paul says, for the last five, 10 years, you've built up some nice equity in your but home. You still have to pay for it, though. But the equity is only one part of it. You still have to live day to day. And, um, you know, I've had customers call me that are in trouble and they have a 1.8% mortgage and they're in trouble with their other debt because they're having a hard time making ends meet. And the option for them is not to break that mortgage. It's funny how the bank is quick to say we can blend the rate, and but they end up way worse scenario. If you've got a mortgage at 1.8% and you have two years left on it, don't touch it. Oh, no. Even if you have to take a private mortgage out at 10%, it's it, if you do the math on it, you'll see that you're way further ahead that way and leave the 1.8 mortgage the way it is. Because realistically, the 1.8 mortgage is probably 80% of your mortgage amount you're going to need anyway. So, Frank, you're getting a lot of refis right now. A lot. But why are people refining with the rates that they are? To afford other well, debt or <clears throat> not, to, not to renovate houses and things like that? Credit card at 20% or a mortgage at 7 or 8%. Which yeah. one are you going to do? Or yeah, 6%. True. So, again, it comes down to living and having enough money to be able to feed your family. And, and listen, you can, you can give up the vacations, the dinners out, and entertainment. No. You can't give up food. <laughs> well, no, but you can't give up food. You can't give up the necessities. That everybody needs, and that's and even going to a grocery store, it's not cheap. I can tell you, I went to Costco this morning, eleven items, two hundred and fifty bucks. Eleven items, yeah. two hundred and fifty bucks. It's not like it used to be. Yeah, the days of going to the, the grocery store now and coming out of there under hundred bucks or for a couple of meals is, is over. When I mean, were those days? Wow. <laughs> Listen, before COVID, the, the groceries were somewhat reasonable. Yeah. Now it's it's ridiculous. Like, and they're making record record profits right now. These and that's the problem. Stores. That's where the average person struggles. It's like here's these companies that are continually con- make bigger profits year after year, yet. Canadians are hurting, and it doesn't make sense. I mean, again, I'm I'm a taxpayer, and I expect my government to protect me from these things. 
And if anything, they actually add to it. So, Steve, we have to go to break very soon. But before we go to break, I'll just He's taking over the show. I'll, I'll yeah, just he's the I'll new just, host. Well, I'll just, I'll just, I'll just, I'll just rile Frank up a little bit. Here Frank, we go. What's going on with gas prices? I don't know. I drive an electric <laughs> car, so I don't know. I mean, oh, it's cost me this morning. It yeah. cost me four hundred and fifty dollars all year to charge my car. So I'm all year. That's twelve months. I'm good. I'm happy. And two, listen, listen, you can just hear the listeners clicking yeah. off right there. Yeah, <laughs> two buckets of windshield washers. All it's cost me. So. Now we could talk about that price being crazy because windshield washers off the charts too. So yeah, that's my top priority. Yeah. <laughs> and that fluid is expensive, yeah. <laughs> but it's a necessity, right? Yeah, but no, I, I do, I do agree with Frank. I, it's it's almost like a, a a perfect storm right now with rates where they are, prices where they are, food prices, gas prices, everything. I mean, there's a lot of people that are cutting back now. There's no more movies going out. There's no more meals going out. Vacations. Well, Barbie and Oppenheimer will tell you differently that. How did you like out. Barbie? How did you like Barbie? I have not gone to see Barbie yet. I heard you went alone. Yet. To, I heard you went alone to Barbie. Yes. Greg, you went to Barbie. Yeah, man, it was it was excellent. Please tell me you went with. I went with a group of friends. Okay. I went under peer pressure. Okay. Uh, otherwise, I wouldn't have chosen that. But it turned out it he was went an, with a couple of guys named Frank and Paul. Yeah. It was an excellent yeah. film. <laughs> Let's go to Barbie. Said no man yeah. ever. <laughs> <laughs> it was your idea, wasn't it, Greg? <laughs> I will neither confirm nor deny. <laughs> it that. was a Friday night. Was, Let's go to Barbie. <laughs> <laughs> you went to meet women, didn't you? Five two one talk. Five two one eight two five five. We'll be right back. We return to Open House, the real estate and mortgage show on News Talk 580 CFRA. Sorry, Frank and I were having such a yeah, great Yeah, seriously. Yes. I was like, did you guys want to talk to some listeners out there? Or what do you want to do? We didn't realize we were doing all of this talk without being on the radio. It, yes. It's so natural. It's unbelievable, <laughs> eh, Frank? <laughs> We were talking about divorce and separation, so he had my attention. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but we did have an interesting question. Do you want to talk about it, Frank? Yeah, well, separation, a lot of people don't know that if you go through separation, so generally speaking in Canada, if you refinance your home, you can only refinance to 80% of the value of the home. You can't refinance above that. Where it changes if you're going through a separation, a legal separation where there's a legal document that says that you're getting separated. If that happens, you're able to refinance the home up to 95% of the value of the home, as long as it's clearly stipulated in the separation agreement where the proceeds are going. So you can pay off joint debt as long as it's, again, it's got to be very clear in a legal separation agreement. It can't be a piece of paper that two people make up and say we're getting separated. That's not the way it works. Uh, It's got to be done by a lawyer slash notary. But as long as that's in place, then you can refinance to 95%. The challenge today is single income earners qualifying at 95%. So in a lot of scenarios, what we have is uh, this is where parents come in at that point, you know, trying to help, you know, especially if there's kids involved where one of the parties wants to stay in the home to keep the schools consistent. So in those scenarios, what we get is normally the parents uh, will come in. And in many cases, we can get them as guarantors instead of having to be co-signers. But we got to use their income and their debt load. So hopefully they add strength to the file, not only because their income, but if they have a good income, but a lot of debt, then they may not be assistance at that point. So, it, you, so know, you would try and clear that debt when you refinance? Well, it makes, you know, you've got joint debt and you're going your own separate way. You got to clear the debt and that's part of the separation agreement that you would include in the separation agreement. But the other part, you know, some people say, why does the bank care so much about a separation agreement? Because it's important to qualify based on the fact of whether you're paying out 
alimony and or child support are, are receiving it. So they both count one way or the other. So, so that's why it's so important to have a separation agreement. For most people, they go through an amicable separation. It's fairly straightforward. Really? For most people. <laughs> what? And then there's I've other people of, clearly. I've never heard of such a thing. Clearly in this room, other people that have gone through a separation that isn't so amicable. And when it's not or amicable. Two. Or two. <laughs> but what, two separations that haven't been amicable? Yes. Okay. Yeah. For one person. <laughs> no, but. You know, if, it, if it's amicable, it's easy because everyone's on the same page. If it's not, that's where it gets really complicated because, you know, we've had a lot of clients that have called me and said, Frank, I'm living in the house and I'm making the payments, but it's not legally mine. The, the other person's name is on it because we haven't come to an agreement yet. So, um, you know, I think people and divorce lawyers might get mad at me, but I think people spend a lot of money on divorce lawyers that they could probably save by just working together because often what I see happen is you end up very similar to where you would have been anyway, but the lawyers have made so much that now you're actually further in the hole. So 100% agree with that. But when we're talking about refinancing, that gets pretty expensive on one salary, especially now that homes have gone up by so much. Yeah, that's why I'm saying in many cases the parents are willing to help at this point. And sometimes there's alimony, child support that really helps as well So we, uh, we with find, the income. We find that I'd probably say um, – um, Estimating here, but maybe seven out of ten times, they're forced to sell the house. Yeah, they did. It, it, it just maybe doesn't. even more, right? Yeah, it, it could be more. It could be eight or nine out of ten times they're forced to sell the house. And listen, un- and then rent—that's the but problem. Then, but then, unfortunately, it's probably sixty percent of my business is divorce situations, separation situations, which is unfortunate. But it's just that's the reality. And most times, it's you know someone would love to buy the other person out. Uh, but it usually doesn't happen. I mean, they might go down that that avenue, but it closes very quick once they realize it's just not feasible and, and affordable, even with a guarantor, as, as a, a parent guarantor. The numbers so, don't work. The numbers just don't work. It's too hard. And it's more difficult now over the last three years with how much the home has gone up. Yes. You have to and refinance the rates, that. And, and the rates and trying to carry that on a single income now is, is, is tough. And it's a lot of times it's unfortunate because it could be the family home. There's kids involved. They, you know, they're used to their home, their neighborhood, their friends. And a lot of times it's, I'm sorry, but it's, you know, mom and dad don't get along anymore and we got to sell it. Uh, it's an unfortunate situation. And, you know, sometimes we go through those where it's really hard to sell too, because the the husband and wife or ex-husband and wife are not really speaking to each other. One person is super bitter and they're trying to sabotage the sale. It takes a special agent to be able to, to be involved in that situation and try to keep everybody happy. And it's a big nut to crack, isn't it? It's hard. It's hard. We have a couple going on right now, a couple situations going on right now where the the lady just doesn't really care about the house. And, you know, the gentleman would like to lower the price. And she's like, nope. I'm like, well, we've had two showings in a month. Nope, doesn't matter. Not lowering the price. And it's just, she's almost trying to sabotage the sale, which is really tough. Uh, you know, he wants to get out from under the house, get it sold. Uh, and, you know, you've got to talk to him and then you got to talk to her. They can't be in the same room together. I bet you have agents that specialize in these situations. Well, we have some that are better than others at it for sure. Uh, you know, it takes, uh, it's, you're almost a bit of a counselor in that situation. And, you know, we do have some agents on the, on my team that are are just amazing at that and they can actually bring people together and try to get you know cooler heads to prevail and, and get the right outcome for everybody but it is hard it is hard but like I said it's probably 60% of my business so it's like a, a big chunk of, of, the, of the business of the business is having to massage a divorce situation as they're trying to sell their biggest asset you think a big chunk of Paul's business is going to be people that can't afford their renewals over the next couple of years as they come up if rates stay the same that's going to be scary for the entire real estate market in our country unfortunately so mm-hmm. that's why I 
I'm a strong believer that interest rates have to come down because the damage that would be done to Canadians, it's already being done. And listen, uh, I hate what we do some days because we've got good, hardworking people that I've got to tell them that I can only put them in an alternate mortgage or a private mortgage because of where interest rates are today, because of their circumstances. And that's not fair to Canadians because they should be able to qualify through a traditional lender at traditional rates. But because the qualifying is so difficult today, just the entry points of lenders accepting that person, we had one that had a credit score of 560. So nobody will, no traditional lender will even touch it. But the person's $25 over their limit on one credit card. And because of that, their score is down and they rely on this score where, you know, myself, when I was learning this business, you learn to read the credit bureau and give, never mind the score, just look at the credit bureau and just judge someone by what their credit bureau does, uh, by their payment history, by not their usage because they've used it because maybe they've booked a trip or something. So this person's got to wait. And my my advice is we got to wait 35, 45 days and see if you can make a big payment to get it under the limit. Maybe your score will go back over the 600 so that we can get you through a traditional lender instead of having to go through an alternate lender. You, you, so because of that, they got to renew into an open where the banks are at 8 and 9% for ooh. that to happen, which, again, has taken advantage of good, hardworking people that just – did something that they had no idea would damage them as much as it has. You, you, you ask about, you know, when renewals come up, you know, are people going to be in trouble? We're already seeing that. And that is, that is even before renewals come up. There's a lot of people that are, we're selling their house right now and they're going into renters because they just can't afford to, to own but it. But they're being proactive. They're being proactive. They're not losing their house. They just can't afford it. So they are selling. The problem being is. No, rentals, is there? Well, there's, the problem is, is rentals are super expensive yeah. too. I mean, because the first time home buyers have been pretty much priced out of the market. So they're, they're not buying the townhomes, the terrace homes, things like that. And they're going into, into renters. The problem is if you're paying 25, 26, 27, maybe $3,000 a month in rent, plus utilities, plus groceries, plus gas, plus all this. You don't go from a renter to a homeowner very quick. You need to be able to save big time. But how do you save when you're forking out $4,000 a month in rent and, and utilities? So it's it's kind of a double-edged whammy here that where people are, they, they can't really afford their home right now. So they're having to go into a rental, but the rental rates are so through the roof now that they can't even afford to rent anymore. But what happens to the market if... All of these people run into the same problem over the next two, three years. So we're going to be saturated with listings, yeah. which is going to turn that into a buyer's market, which is going to make it really, really slow. Really slow. Well, not slow, but it's going to devalue people's homes. And Absolutely. That's, and that's the biggest thing that people care about because that's their biggest asset that they own. Yeah. They Frank, want to will... see their asset maintain value. That's all they want. But it will slow it down. I mean, when you have a flood of homes on the market, like you take a look at our days on market back in 2014, 15, 16, 17, compared to where they are now. I mean, days on market at one point, I remember we were about seven months on market was, was, was the days on market. It was astronomical. It was a tough sell. I remember in, uh, I went through all my stats and all my numbers one time, and I think it was in 2014 or 15, our expiry rate was about 30%. So 30% of all our listings expired. And where that becomes tough when you're the business owner and a realtor like myself is you pay for all the expenses up front and you don't get paid until you do your job and sell the property. Well, if we're listing five, 600 homes a year and 30% are expiring, 
which means I paid Greg a lot of money to go take pictures back then. And <laughs> at least you have the pictures. You know? Yes, I do. Yes, I have the pictures. But but those markets were really, really tough too because when three out of ten homes are expiring, you're three out of ten times you've spent money advertising, marketing, photos, uh, everything that we do to, to get a home ready to sell. If, they, if that doesn't sell, I've lost all that money. Mm-hmm. And that was happening back then. You know, now, not quite as much. What but- are we now, about a month? We're about 26 days, yeah. So we're just under a month, which is, you know, like we've, I've talked about this before where people are like, oh, it's getting really slow. Well, in 2014 and 2015, if I would have told you days on market were 26, you would have been really excited. In a normal market, three months? Yeah, in a normal market. So you're still in a seller's market at three months because zero to four months is a seller's market. So you're in, in a bit of a late seller's market teetering into a balanced market. So we've a normal market, you're probably anywhere between three and five is, is really where, what a normal market is. Over the last two, three years, four, even four or five years, we've been really lucky. Yeah. Um, you know, buyers not as much, but we've been really lucky with how healthy the market has been. Um, but the market changes so fast now. You can go from a month to th- three months my, in, my, in weeks. My favorite word going through COVID was fluid. We were in a fluid market. You just didn't know week to week what yeah. was going to happen. Are we going to get flooded with listings? Or are we going to have no listings? Are things going to sell for 100000 over asking or 10000 over asking? So we're back to a little bit more normal. We can kind of predict what's going to happen. Uh, whereas going through that, that COVID market was just, it was, the market was so fluid. It was insane, you know. But I don't think we'll see that again. I think we're going to, this, this is normal. You know, I, I joked last week, I know there's some realtors that got into the business during COVID. And I've, I've talked to them now, and they're like, wow, tough market, eh? And I'm like, no, this is a normal real estate market. It's not a tough market. And listen, I'm a big believer in realtors need to earn their keep. They need to, to, to show their value in order to get paid. And we are showing our value. All realtors are showing their value in a market like this. Because, All good ones. Well, yeah, but, you know, I'd like to say that, you know, there's a good chunk of agents that are just showing their value right now and they're earning their keep, they're earning their money and they have to. And isn't that the way the world should be? You have to earn what you get, you know, and I think during COVID, it was just that much easier for us and, you know, things were selling, but like we talked about during COVID, there's a difference between something selling for asking price or $100,000 over asking price. So we were still earning our keep during COVID. We were just trying to get as much money as possible for those sellers. It's just it was a little bit easier back then. Like now, the marketing, the advertising, your photos, everything you do in order to get a home sold, it's like a spotlight. And on affordability that of the people looking. Yeah, absolutely. And the affordability. Yeah. You know what the best investment is right now? Taylor Swift tickets. Oh, God. Really? <laughs> you have a couple really? of those tickets, boy. You got a down payment. I bet you some people are really using that as an investment. Yeah. They're going to sell them. I'm sure. 521-TALK, yeah. 521-8255. We'll be right back. We return to Open House, the real estate and mortgage show on News Talk 580 CFRA. Welcome back with Frank Politano and Paul Rushforth. Boy, I can't believe how quickly time is flying. People are already thinking about getting into their home before Thanksgiving, and soon it'll be Christmas. Yep. You got to plan ahead. Well, you do. We, where were we? Uh, was it, where were we yesterday? Costco? Where they had? Oh, uh, Halloween out. I, I was Halloween. there this morning. Halloween stuff's out. Halloween's out. Halloween stuff's out. But yeah, getting back to your question. Yeah, like if you want to get in before the end of the year now, it's time to to move. I mean, because the average closing day is usually anywhere between 60 to 120 days. So if you're trying to get in before the snow flies, you got to do soon. And if you're trying to get in before the end of the year, you need to be buying relatively soon or selling relatively soon. As sure. a seller, how long could you anticipate it to take by the time you get your house ready, pictures done, 
listed on the market and then hopefully sold? Well, one thing that we do is we always pre-market our properties. So we we don't go take a listing and hit a hit on the market the next day. We want to make sure we give Greg time to get in there, get the photos, do some pre-marketing, social media, get some attention, some eyeballs on your property before it even hits the market. We put a coming soon sign so people are starting to talk about it. So that usually takes, if you're ready to go, it'll usually take about seven days to get you on the market. Now we could do it quicker, but if you want us to do a bang up job, we want to take as much time as we can. To How get do you it. know if the house is ready to go? Well, we'll let them know. I mean, we're, we're, most of us have been inside thousands and thousands of homes and we'll know when a house is ready to go. A lot of times it's just little cosmetic things that need to be fixed up. So we might get you to look at the paint, decluttering, uh, smelling, make sure the house smells good. Uh, just little things like light fixtures. We'll, we'll get you ready to, to hit the market, and we won't let Greg go through the door until you are ready. But if I'm thinking of listing mid-September, should I get you in now to now. tell me what to do? Now, yep. Get us in now. Uh, now, if you're a house that there's nothing to do, well, you don't have to get us in now. Um, but if you you have some some ideas of what you need to do or you want some ideas of what you should do to get your home sold or to get it prepared, get us in sooner than later. We'll come through the door. We'll tell you exactly what you need to do to get top dollar for your home. We'll, we'll talk about what's happening in the market and specifically what's happening in your area and your product. You know, if you're someone who's in, a, in an area that has a lot of homes for sale, you have to anticipate that it's going to take a little longer to get your home sold. But if you're in an area that it's a fast-selling product, you know it's going to sell fairly quickly, then yeah, I mean, you, you, you do have a little bit more time. But, there's, but I wouldn't know any of that unless I talked to you. That's why you have to talk to a professional. That's why you get us through the door. We'll tell you exactly what needs to happen uh, and get you prepared for your photos. Because I always say the photos are the most important thing. It's more important than the showings because the photos are what's going to get people through the door. And if you're not ready for your photos and they don't look great, you're not going to get people through the door. Even if your house does look good, the photos are super, super, super important. And, you know, that's one thing that my agents tell the, the, the clients when they're leaving the house is, guys, I can't tell you how important these photos are. And you have to be ready because, you know, Greg does, you, you can explain what you do, how the, um, uh, you know, if there's one thing in the room, they're like, well, I'll just move this. And then, you know. Yeah. What, what I always tell, tell, well, what I tell our agents to tell the sellers when they're talking to them is you got to treat when I'm coming in for the photos, the video, the 3D walkthrough tours, this is your first showing. You got more th- important you, than you, your first. Yeah. You 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 got to think of it as I am the buyer that's coming in. You you wouldn't be following a buyer around going, oh, I'll just I'll just move this while you take the photo and then I'll put it back. No, it's got to be how you want it to present it out to the public. Yeah, super super important. The photos are absolutely everything, and that's why it's so important. So if you're ready, we get you listed. You know, we take anywhere from five, seven, six, five, six, seven days to get your house ready to hit the market. You hit the market. It all depends on where you are, what your product is to, to determine how fast it's going to sell. So we'll go through the market with you and say, okay, you're a, a townhouse in Riverside South. Here's how many comparables you have. Here's what's happening in the market. Here's where we expect how long it's going to take. Here's where we need to price it. Here's what we need to do to get you top dollar for your home. If all that is ready to go, we'll get you sold as soon as we can. And if you're anticipating any trouble in this market, first calls to you, Frank, to see if it's doable. And second call to Paul to see if you have to get out. You need to. Like, like you need to know where your financial status is before you do anything. Like, there's no sense calling a realtor if you're not sure of what your financial status is moving forward. Yeah. Yeah. And wishing did. doesn't help. I mean, the reality no. is the reality. And right? thinking like three years ago, four years ago, doesn't help either because everything has changed. It really has. Birthdays. Uh, just want to say, did get a comment from uh, a listener saying, appreciate listening to the show because you guys are honest and don't fluff everything. So Perfect. You know, if you're looking for a show where everybody fluffs what the stats are out there and stuff, don't listen to us because we're not the show. 
for that. Wow. So yeah, that's like just it. not open us. house, the real estate mortgage show. Yeah, yeah, no, just, fluff. No, no, no fluff. No fluff. <laughs> like we say it like it is. And if it's negative, it's negative. I mean, it is what it is. I mean, today people are struggling. Yeah. That's the reality yeah. period. So, um, Bob Redun from our office celebrating uh, his birthday. Simmer, Sean Simpson, our buddy, Sean Simpson celebrated his birthday this week. And, uh, uh, shout out to Lindsay Wallette and Chris, who had their baby this week, friends of ours. And uh, we had the pleasure of being at Ashley and Max's wedding last night, and we had a blast. So congrats to them, too. And you know what? You look remarkably good for the day after a wedding. That was a long night. <laughs> <laughs> I do have a couple. Um, my girlfriend who's here with me today, it's her one of her best friends, Stephanie Applejohn. It's her birthday on next Sunday. Frank and I will not be here next week because I don't think we are, are we? Why not? Well, I'm not. I think Barb's doing the show. Dora's doing the show for I me. I don't think they are. Uh, okay. Know. Well, Dora's doing the show for me next week, and uh, so I won't have a chance to wish my father a happy birthday. Oh. Next Sunday, the 19th, will be my dad's 81st birthday. Wow. So, happy birthday, Dad. Wow. And he still loves you. I think. Yeah. <laughs> I Let's ask him. Let's yeah. call him next week. Let's ask him. Have a great week. Have a great week. Support local businesses and charities.